Good morning and welcome to Dr. Michelle's Vital Edge, the official podcast for optimizing body, brain, and soul. Today, I have a very special guest, John Oden, who is a fitness guru extraordinaire and Highland Games competitor, world record holder, trainer, coach, friend, and just an all-around amazing human being. So I'm excited to share with you uh, some of his story and some of the things he is interested in these days and training for, etc. cetera. Um, so it is totally my honor and pleasure to have him join me today and enlighten us on some of the things that we can do to best live our full lives and to keep our bodies healthy and strong throughout that time. Welcome, John. It's nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Awesome. Uh, so I know you recently competed in many events this summer as a Highland Games competitor, and uh, you started out as a heavyweight and then like rapidly transformed into a lightweight. I got to watch you kind of go through that process and took home some world records in the meantime. So I'd love for you to maybe recap a little bit of how you went about that and then um, and then we'll go from there. Sure. So I've been competing for uh, almost 15 years now. So give a little backstory on that too, that it, it didn't it didn't come easy, especially at first. So this is you know, years in the making, kind of uh, tinkering in the lab as far as the kind of the two parts of the actual throwing events and skill versus the um, weight, I like to call it weight trimming instead of you know, cutting just as <laughs> right. this like wrestler <laughs> hardcore, which is, you know, hey, I, I resonate with that. <laughs> admire that too, the MMA guys, and, and that's a insanely difficult thing to do. Um, but I definitely stay on the, on the healthier end of things sure. and no, no crazy, um, you know, sauna suits and diuretics and all these crazy things. But, um, so starting, I, I had kind of had that forethought, that pre- premeditated uh, plan probably about this time last year. So I think any year ahead after 15 years, hopefully you can and probably should do that. But um, <laughs> started to think, okay, I, priority number one was going to Scotland. So I did get to go to Scotland and compete for uh, almost three weeks. And I had a few bumps in the road, which always seems to, you know, help the learning process and sure. create some some frustration and grit. A little and, humility too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh -huh. So uh, looking at the plan, which wasn't necessarily 100% to cut down. It had some, had some open-ended open things too. I'm sure we'll get into that in other ways too. There wasn't, it wasn't this absolute. Sometimes in the past I had put such a razor focus on this absolute and I just, you know, would either do it at all costs or get very few times when I've really put gone after something that I have failed, mm -hmm. but I will do whatever it takes. I won't be the, you know, friendliest person to be around. I'll cut out, you know, personal, um, you know, people in my life, things like that to do mm -hmm. that, which I would not recommend. Yeah. Um, but we all know that Freight too. train going in, right? Yeah, exactly. The, uh, you know, pieces of that where, uh, you know, people are, uh, just realizing how much it takes to be successful. You have to be at, at that high level. You have to be selfish or what the rest of the world is going to see is just 
just selfishness to some extent. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, as a more mature adult, we can uh, we can find that balance, find that road a little smoother and easier, which, you know, ultimately I was, long story short, able to do. And preparation was m- much more refined than usual. So it is, um, you know, more specific focus in the gym, staying healthy, uh, staying sharp on all of my training goals, but still not making it you know, a year out from something uh, unless it's, you know, millions of dollars or something like that. I don't think I would, or, or most people would stay that razor focus. And I think that's a theme or reality with, with anybody, even with mm-hmm. good coaches around you, with the whole environment, the whole um, support system there, uh, taking, taking that time and looking, looking at that balance, looking at that flow of when you can take, take some time off or take some things sure. to, to work through it. So anyways, just going <clears throat> from that more uh, gym related plan and moving well to uh, actually waiting for me, it was a little unorthodox or what I wouldn't recommend for a beginner for me was waiting to do my sport, my skill almost until the last minute because it's right. such a long grind in the season. Uh-huh. It's almost like rationing the number of uh, throwing technical things because I, I love it to an extent. And then I about two, three months in, especially if I haven't competed, I am just like, ugh, you know, going out. Mm-hmm. You start to burn out. And I generally train alone. It's just mm-hmm. my own little dusty, dirty field yeah. out there. It's it's gritty. It's it's raw. It's it's fun uh, for, to an extent. And then it just gets to be repetition and time away from other things and uh, feeling t- having those questions on how I should be spending my time, how I could be spending my yeah. time on other life goals. But I mean, do you feel isolated with it at all? I mean, yeah, yeah. again, it's, it teeters back and forth between feeling like you're doing in order to get something that no one has done. You have to go where no one has gone kind of thing. So uh, definitely some of that where uh, I like being out there, being the lone, the lone wolf or whatever, Mm -hmm. but also it's it's fun to have some support, someone to have some camaraderie. And I do have a few, few people uh, that I coach and train with. And that's, you know, part of that, that inspiring part of that reminder of why I do it too. And right. to learn, <clears throat> I'm always honing and learning and I think becoming a better coach and staying sharp on those angles because I do that. But, mm-hmm. uh, so back to that a little more specifically too, just that preparation piece, but considering where my body weight, so I actually bulked up to go to Scotland a little bit for me. So mm-hmm. I, I weigh, I like to weigh you know, around 210 pounds. I bulked up to about 225 mm-hmm. and you saw it too. Just, yeah, uh, well, and, and doesn't that change your training a lot too and just your capabilities and mm-hmm. I mean, you have to factor that in a little bit and like also yeah. just your daily <laughs> yep. food intake and like mm-hmm. what you have to do to maintain that. Big shift. I wouldn't recommend that for anyone who's ever had any issues with food because you go from yeah. you know, here's what a happy, healthy maintenance is to, hey, I'm going to bulk up and put on 15 pounds or so mm-hmm. in a few months and try to teeter on, well, what's healthy? What's an old, my old way of bulking up was, was more, uh, just getting, of course, getting as much of the macronutrient yeah. breakdown as possible and those micronutrients getting, getting my base there. But it did come down to calories at some sure. point. It's like, Oh, yeah. should I eat that pizza or something like yeah. that? Well, I got to gain weight. Gotta mass. Do it. <laughs> this attitude that mass move mass is kind uh-huh. of counterculture in our sport, kind of like strongman. It's, it's right up in that realm of these, you know, big mass monsters, mm-hmm. uh, but also to find and hopefully 
you know, inspire a few people to do it more healthy um, has always been my goal in the last um, five years, especially when I was a heavyweight to, to cut down. I was about 250 pounds. So to cut down from there and realize, hey, I'm, I can do just as well. Mm. Uh, it's more sustainable. I'm enjoying, I'm still enjoying this. It's a little humbling to say it's not as easy to throw those distances, um, but with a lot of that precision mm. <clears throat> focused training, uh, I can still do those things. So again, uh, back to that. And I was, I threw one personal best early in the season, all time personal best. You know, I'm 38 right now. And it was in kind of uh, whatever, ironically in my, what was my worst event as a prof- as a heavyweight professional. So uh-huh. you'd think, oh, this is all about strength or the bigger guys are gonna throw farther. So that was a That's nice breakthrough. That's a amazing thing to yeah. overcome, yeah. And yeah. to prove to yourself and, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and then going to Scotland was great. It was uh, humbling there, different throwing fields, different people. I had a you know mild injury strain in my rib, um, midsection area. So that, um, slowed me down on a couple events, mm-hmm. but, to hang in there and, and do the competitions that I had planned, do some of the stones of strength over there. <laughs> if you cool. want to look that up, there's a good video on, uh, the rogue rogue.com website, uh, you can search for like stones of strength. And it's a really cool, uh, doc- documentary on all the stones. So I'm by no means a strong man in that sense, but I did, did pretty well on some of those stone lifting things. That must a, have felt very primal. Yeah. That was a, <laughs> they didn't go too well hand in hand with doing Highland games and then doing stone lifting. Right. My, my rest days were doing some of these stone, finding these, it's like a scavenger hunt for, you know, meathead athletes or, you know, people That's with awesome. that historic thing. They like, go, oh, which stone are we going to go lift? Cause there's all these stones of strength all around Scotland. There's wow. probably, I think one of the guys who, who gave me this whole map kind of, and it literally is like a treasure map for a strength athlete of like, it's all fun. these stones and it's like oh these are on my route up to Inverness or whatever to on the north end of Scotland so okay I can do these and there's a stone lift in one of the actual as like like a signature fun event at the end of one of the competitions so I'm like oh I probably should kind of uh, figure these out and mm-hmm. kind of a little practice beforehand so it did it did help and I did accomplish that there's only been a few people that have lifted this um, 260 pound stone wow. over this high jump uh, bar that has a knockoff bar. So it had to be done really precisely, precisely too. Yeah. So, um, and plus I'm sure just being in Scotland was, Oh yeah. Know, it's like the heart of the games, right? I mean, that's exactly that's the birthplace. Yep. Seeing some new things that I definitely like better or, you know, whatever compared to the things in the U S but also some of how it's the misconceptions of some of the U.S. You know, what we glamorize or whatever sure. too, or what the original games were back in, oh, say like the eighteen forties, eighteen fifties was when they became more prevalent in Scotland, at least mm. too. To say, oh, this is still, um, you know, really been, I don't know if watered down is the word, but they they've evolved or just changed to be modern, say modernized over the years too. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that was. That was a great trip. The challenge of traveling. I wasn't cutting down at that time, but I immediately came home and shifted that, you know, uh, going and traveling, trying to eat as healthy as possible, stay refreshed, uh, you know, in this, and I've done some international travel for, for the games, but, um, to shift gears as soon as I got back to this lightweight body, like, okay, there's these smaller competitions. Uh, that I'm going to really go all in on partly to qualify for some of the bigger events next year, but also to kind of reset expectations and not make it a 
as long of a season. So I didn't go to nationals or world championships, didn't go for that kind of glory. It was more just, uh, I'm going to put all my effort into training and focus instead of going after these championships. And I knew I could set the weight of her bar record, like mm -hmm. you mentioned, mm -hmm. I knew that that was right there. Um, I'm sure we'll get into this in a few of the other areas and be able to apply that, but I knew I needed razor sharp focus. I needed a coaching plan. You know, having some external coaches to look at everything from technique to my training plan needed to stay really healthy. Right. And um, I just knew it was there. It was just so close for the last few years. So I just needed to simply just put my, more of my effort into that uh, event, which you typically don't do in the games, um, at least for long term. If you just get good at one event, kind of a metaphor for life or something too, you're not mm -hmm. going to be, you're not going to win the championship. Right. <clears throat> you have to be good at all nine. Usually there's nine events or eight in championship um, games. So you can't that, be too focused. Was that mm -hmm. hard for you to kind of just step back from the big stuff and, you know, focus in on one thing or was it? It was, it was different. Yeah. And it's, it's an event that it's kind of an, I don't want to say like automatic win, but it's something I know I can win versus like, oh, this record is just tantalizing you right, mm -hmm. right above your limit. Like it's just, it's time to go for this. Cause I had taken attempts at that record many, many times or been right in that range and things like that. But, um, it's like, no, something's telling me it's time to go for this. That's it's just cool. a little yeah. different focus to stay, um, stay sharp, motivated mm -hmm. and enjoying the sport on a little bit different level too. Uh, to go for that. But yeah, overall, it's like some of my, and I knew that too. I knew some of my other events and, and also the in, injury, my rib strain was like, oh, okay, I'm not going to for a while throw the hammer. And I had some lovely um, tendonitis in my elbow that's mm -hmm. been off and on, as you know, for the last year or so. So it's like something needs to change. We can't just bang our head against this wall or just keep trying to, you know, saw this yeah. tree down with this rusty blade or something. We need to step back and sharpen that saw so sure. something needed to be different to make um to just enjoy the whole ride enjoy the process so i took time off completely from a few of those other events and it did show uh, for the most part of my competition those were uh -huh. some of my weaker throws but um that wasn't you know again that, that wasn't, wasn't your end goal anyway. yeah the unorthodox piece of that so um i did you know and i did heal i'm, I'm fully you know, pain-free now too. So I win, I win on that front to be at the end of my season now and be pain-free and just able to whatever, enjoy life on a different, different level to mm -hmm. feel this, you know, simply able to step back like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. I, I can probably do that again. Right. <laughs> manage this. Um, well, it's a little bit of maturity with being an elite athlete, I think too. And just that objectivity and, mm -hmm. you know, and also just your journey from, you know, younger years of having back pain and all that from right. lifting and then figuring out this new method of, um, well, the strong first and the, you know, mobility and all of that, that you've really been promoting in your gym, right. but you apply it yourself too. I mean, I totally admire that. Mm -hmm. I think. Like just say just a product of the product now myself too to mm -hmm. um, again that that pain free piece is what I'm most most proud of I think just resonates with our members once they understand my story of just how basically unhealthy I was or on that verge of of just being kind of overwhelmed with life and sure. realizing that it wasn't sustainable at that point to be this heavyweight and and trying to compete around the world and 
and have that life balance, things like that, um, where I can be more strategic now and be like, basically like I did go all in for a month or two or maybe, you know, four months, but I'm not going to go all in for the entire year. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be sure. quite like that anymore. And I can still hit that elite uh, standards. And I did have a couple other throws and other events that, that kind of surprised me. So there's sometimes That's there's cool. this kind of what the heck effect that we say and kettlebell training, <laughs> something can <clears throat> spill over from another area or, or sometimes just stepping back, letting that body heal and remember because it's things I've done before in the past um, that kind of muscle memory say, okay, I can, I can throw this weight. Uh, what I did was almost you know, right below another world record was 77 feet. It's like, well, I've thrown this thing 81 before. Yeah, I was heavier. Yeah, it's been a couple of years, but at least believing that that's possible. Of course, like, oh, yeah, it's right was, there. Yeah, that was still over 5% less than that throw, but being in a different weight class and whatever, like, yeah, that was a, that's a impressive. really good throw. Yeah, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, can we segue into the kettlebell sure. work? I mean, I, you mm-hmm. know, I've been training with you for almost a year now since last November, I think it was, um, and have seen significant changes in my own capabilities and recovery and uh, strength and, you know, power and all of that in my martial arts. It's, you know, it's transcended from what I do with you as a supportive thing to uh, what I want to do, you know, in my martial arts pursuit. Um, But I think one of the things I really love about what you're doing is it's creating this foundational um, place where people can do whatever sport they they are doing or just do life in a very successful way. So I'd love to hear just kind of your, sure. you, how you found the kettlebell world and um, strong first and all of that. Yep, absolutely. So I had been, whatever you want to say, dabbling with kettlebells, right? Literally as a, you know, I've been a strength coach for, uh, since whatever 2002 when I officially got uh, certified uh, and playing around with things before that even of course too mm-hmm. but um, I think I picked up a kettlebell it was about the end of 2004 I was looking for uh, Highland Games like a simulated uh, you know weight way to do the Highland Games uh, in the off season with the simplified weight so I was literally throwing kettlebells I got a 30 pounder and a 55 pounder awesome. these grizzly old things I still have one of them I'll have to show you one nice days, yeah it's like these things are not gonna completely wear out, rust out, or probably sure, yeah. break. They'll they'll outlast you even if you leave them outside and abuse them and all that too. But uh, so I was literally throwing it's kind them. Kind of symbolic, right? If you think yes, about it, yeah. <laughs> the hardy kettlebell tough, translates yeah. into our bodies, right? Yeah. Uh, so I came at it from a really unorthodox perspective and just saw the saw some really minimal stuff out there online. And, uh, again, had dabbled and picked up a couple more kettlebells and tried to lift them. You know, you hear the kettlebell clean. So you think about it like a barbell clean and you kind of twist your wrist back and mm-hmm. things like that, that are just not the correct way to use the kettlebell in our, in our world, at least. So, I uh, had heard about the, it was called the RKC or it is the RKC where, um, Pavel, our, our fearless leader in, yeah. in strong first, uh, had started out of, and around the early 2000s and you know, as soon as the black little black called hard style kettlebells um, or hard style t- training came out of in the early early 2000s actually so it's been it's been it's around been a, a long time yeah. and I'll, I'll share that too it's definitely not a trend it's it's here to stay mm-hmm. it's a great tool 
Um, but it is just a tool. It's just, it's one modality. It's a great modality, um, but in the correct correct hands at the correct time, you know, with with mindful coaching eyes. So uh, specifically, then I was exposed to the RKC system, which was transitioning into Strong First at the time by mm-hmm. a, a great physical therapist. And it was just really good timing, really impactful for me, where I was really broken down. I was I was still a heavyweight, um, going through a lot of back pain. <clears throat> A lot of um, you know ridiculous symptoms. It's like, is this going to be debilitating? Am I going to have to have surgery? Uh-huh. Um, this and that. So the kettlebell, after you know, just movement quality and having a team around me, having that support and, and my own discipline to to work the plan that way, uh, really rehabbed me and really put me back together and allowed me to keep lifting because I wanted some external loading. I craved that extra loading and some kind of challenge there. So I did. It's called the Rite of Passage program. <laughs> That's so awesome. It's kind of just a, yeah, it's, it's a classic in there. It was the press and um, there's get-ups and swings in there. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, one called the Program Minimum. Uh, and they're still great. They're great programs. I recommend them. I use use them. And I was able to work up to really have, I didn't realize how strong that was at the time, how, or how much of a base I had. So I worked up to a really heavy, strict kettlebell press uh, and then just uh, waited another another couple of years. I looked at the cost and time and everything. Do I really need this certification? Mm. And then Strong First really came on strong. No pun intended. <laughs> or all <laughs> yeah, of them. yeah, always intended. Uh, in uh, about 2012, 13, so uh, 2014, first officially pulled the trigger, went down to San Diego, got certified. That's great. And I did the FMS, which is the functional movement screen, mm-hmm. functional movement systems, which they're part, there's a partnership between Strong First and FMS, which I really like too. And I, again, been exposed in the clinic and did, did some different education uh, things along the way that like, oh, these kettlebells are cool and they fit well. They help people move better. Mm-hmm. They're not breaking down as much. It just, it simplifies training. So like, People look at so many different modalities from, you know, should I use sandbag? Should I use body weight? Should mm-hmm. I use a barbell? Sure, all those can be great and impactful at the right time. But most importantly, you just, just have to do it and have, you know, know the tool well that you're using and again, have that coaching piece. Um, so I, I got that with Strong First in mm-hmm. that phase and really caught the vision, this three-day certification that I just totally got my butt kicked and was humbled by my my coach, my physical therapist there. Um, had, I, I came in a little overconfident, say. I was sure. strong. I was what I thought moving well enough. I thought I knew the kettlebell well enough. Man, it was very challenging. Uh, barely passed, especially the, the final, the dreaded snatch test, which is five minutes for men with a 53-pound kettlebell. Which wow. Go by... Uh, kilograms, but yeah. it's 24 kilograms. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a lot. And, yeah, and five minutes. And five after minutes is a long time. <laughs> three days of training, and mm-hmm. uh, it was very challenging because it's a very, it's still technical, and your hands are just beat up and blistered, and uh, it's been even even since then more refined into, you know, we're not just here to pummel you down. We want you to learn a lot, but still have some grit, some expectations that you come in. You know, most instructors come in um, after six months of training with a you know watchful eyes of a good certified coach kind of thing mm-hmm. too so it's I'm very proud of that that it's a very high physical standard for instructors which I think is lost in our industry or yeah just in a lot of size. Yeah. places yeah 
you, you find a, a lot of um, coaches, a lot of trainers who get into it that are very physically talented and look, you know, look the part themselves. And then you have really the, the lab rat type of guys and ladies who are very book smart and have all the certifications in the world, but they just haven't applied them applied it themselves or right. they have, they're, they're green or overconfident in all this geeked out um, technical stuff and knowing right. all the research. Well, what's actually going to get the result for the, the person and mm-hmm. keep them safe and find, find that um, balance to everything too. Yeah. I, um, I th- that kind of segues into something that you and I have talked about, you know, over the last few months anyway, but just find it, how to help find people or, you know, let people find their inner motivation and their, um, inspiration. I mean, you've, I'm a pretty committed person to my physicality and my body and my, you know, training. Uh, and still I've kind of needed you to like nudge me in the right direction after an injury or whatever, just, uh, when life has dragged me down, you've been able to kind of re-spark and, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to just kind of hear where you go with that. I mean, I'll say too, just as an objective person, hopefully objective, that you you do it. You know, you practice what you preach, and you show us uh, in the gym, like you know exactly what to do, and you're kind of living the life that you're coaching as well. Not that it's always perfect, but it's <laughs> it's you know it kind of exemplifies what we're all working toward, and I I definitely appreciate appreciate that about you. But anyway, so, you know, just how people, how you can help people find their motivation. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, great, great topic and, you know, honored to be thought of that way and, <laughs> and, and the reality too. And I'm, I'm happy to share the, the real story or just put that out there for the listeners too, that nobody that I've ever met just has that absolute burning fire, that level 10 fire all mm-hmm. the time. Sure. And every, you know, I say every coach needs a coach just to add that part too, that someone some tribe some support nobody just does it on their own island you hear some just maybe crazy stories out there of this you know unicorn type of <laughs> world of, of yeah. fantasy stuff but yeah just like you mentioned too it's very very normal at least to start there just to, to humbly say you know i, I need some support or it's mm-hmm. gonna, i'm gonna do this better faster cleaner whatever with some of that support uh so it definitely it's it's a uh, can be I like to say kind of simple, but not easy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, I think people really start with overcomplicating it and just basically set the bar too high, make it such an absolute, uh, or they just don't, you know, they don't take action on it. They don't have a timeline to say, oh, I want to, whatever. I hate to use too many references to like body weight or something like that, but an easy one for some people to conceptualize too is that I want to lose 50 pounds. Uh-huh. Well, what do you you know, what are you going to do to get there? And a lot of people, it's either going to be some kind of crash diet or they're yeah. going to just research the heck out of something, blah, blah, blah. But hopefully they come, you know, they come to you and, and me even too. <laughs> hopefully they, they have a team around them and they do some research on their own or that some wheels turning, you know, those kind of stages of change model and things. There's, there's that, that contemplation stage yes. where they're starting to put things together and, and think about, um, you know, having a good kitchen set up or mm-hmm. something like that, that we, we talk about, or it's easy to overlook some of that. Well, I live in a dorm, I'm in college, mm-hmm. I'm super busy, and my boyfriend just broke up with me, whatever. It's <laughs> right, like, right. well, that might just not be the right time, or, or why, you know, you're digging, of course, well, why do you really want to lose that? Well, 
I just, you know, have always been heavy and I want to lose, lose that weight or something. So, you know, we can think of a thousand examples too, but um, where does that deeper passion come from? What, what do we really want to happen or not to happen? Mm-hmm. What's the worst thing that person probably wants is, well, to gain another 50 pounds. Sure. So they're already, um, you know, at an unhealthy level where they're starting to see some, you know, changes on their labs or something like yeah. that. So they're starting to get in that pre-diabetic stage or like we talk about too, some of the thyroid issues, yeah. things like that. Well, there's a health issue. There's a, you know, more of a hard stop wall, hopefully too. So having, you know, a certain amount of that fear, not being afraid to, to put in that grind, that consistency uh, to get that. You know, that's another big part that's just overlooked. It's mm-hmm. not that quick fix or there's, there's no easy button. I can speak to that too on my, sure, yeah. there's definitely no, no easy button to any, any of that. And having, having that support, having that coach or um, team of coaches that also isn't going to overwhelm you kind of able to peel back that onion and just look, you know, give, give you a look at the end goal, but then work back. And we like what we do in our facility too, is look at those behaviors, those behaviors match the goal, break mm-hmm. down all those different life pieces and look at that. How realistic is it? How, like we say, those smart goals, mm-hmm. um, specific, measurable, uh, attainable, realistic, and time oriented. <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah. No, I think those are all <laughs> so, really important. Yeah, it's it's okay to have some little quick uh, reference guides and things like that too. Um, and really looking at that deep, deeper why did we try to yeah. really, without um, you know making people lay down on the couch and have this. I'm, yeah. not a, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not trying to get into your deeper childhood issues or something. But yeah. sometimes I mean, joking, all joking aside, some of that comes up right. You know, I keep it real with with people too and share. Hey, I was a tall, skinny kid, and I just wanted to be muscular uh, or not look like a kid that just played basketball. This wiry mm-hmm. kid. Oh, you're so skinny. I hated that. So. A little side note to that, that there's, yeah, it's there's okay so to have different. some of that, whatever, yeah, whatever fuels that, whatever mm-hmm. that deep, uh, you know, unshakable why. If we all mm-hmm. had, you know, we knew our life depended on it, like literally, say in three months, your life depended on it, how many people would get that goal? Yeah, I'd say the vast majority. If somebody you know, holds a gun to your head, of course, that's extreme, but sure, we would attain that goal, we would, we would find a way to do it. Uh, that's obviously extreme, not realistic, but not it's recommended. But it's still tapping into human nature, <laughs> yeah, though. I mean, exactly. there's that core, you know. I think that's uh, a good point, too. Impetus to do something mm-hmm. different and change and, you know, yeah. survive and thrive. Yep. I think we're so far, and that's a, probably a whole topic in itself, too, mm-hmm. so far uh, away from that. And so we're in this such a comfort zone, such a bubble, yes. such a society that's, uh, you know, participation trophy oriented everybody gets right. friends you're, you're great just the way you are you know i like that too but there's there's that um we say that well, gold, goldilocks effect too what's yeah, that in complacency between? too yeah and like what yeah yeah where it's not it's not a, oh you're great just how you are when you're you know again significantly overweight or you're just so deconditioned you can't get off the couch is that mm-hmm. what a parent's going to say to a, a kid i mean we've seen those mm-hmm. obesity shows the kid that that ends up weighing 600 pounds and I'm not here to judge anyone, but sure. just to give an extreme there or the, the Nazi parent I had, um, you know, my dad, especially was a little, little harder on me in that mm. way. And I think it's definitely feel me and found, found my edge of, Hey, um, 
you know, finding my own inner, inner motivation and things too. You can have those parents that are just those total dictators that are just, you know, creating this militant, um, extreme, you know, uh, shame, things like that. We don't want yeah. to go that extreme right. either. But again, like I say, kind of peeling back that onion of what that person, you know, do you want to do this goal and why mm -hmm. is this really your goal and why do you want to do this? And if it is great, let's just, let's move in that direction yeah. and put, take the steps. Yeah. yeah. Put some at least mini, maybe it's weekly or monthly, um, more objective mm -hmm. goal. And what what is that? If it again, wait. I hate to keep using weight loss, but it's just an easy yeah, easy way to focus on. And that's not what we do by any means in our facility. We we almost could care less with what they weigh. But right, you know, so let's you know go to a strength goal or something like that too. Let's let's add, um, you know, we, with the kettlebell. Let's add a kettlebell size to our. Uh, swing or a get up or something mm -hmm. too. Let's add to that and make That's that attainable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, mm -hmm. I, and I'm, you know, in your years of practice now too, really, you know, sharp or, or good at able to say what it's going to take to get there. Mm -hmm. It's going to take three practices, three times a week. And yeah, you're going to have to make sure you get enough you know, reasonable amount of sleep and eat reasonably well. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, very, very confident you're going to get to this goal. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's refreshing for people to say, Oh, okay. It is. Uh, yeah, after you a, said that to a me little while. We, yeah, it's good. You find that belief like, okay, you, you've been right before, <laughs> you know, yeah. a few times. So I know. Well, and you have a, happen. you have a, a graceful way of uh, gentle accountability <laughs> with people too. And, um, you know, and, and sometimes just ask the hard questions that we need to hear as yeah. people, you know, that are learning from you. And, <laughs> uh, and I think you ask them of yourself as right. well, which is, Absolutely. You know, important. Yeah, that's the greatest compliment to hear. I just had one of our members actually yesterday tell me that you know you didn't give up on me or I thought mm -hmm. you know, she kept kind of pushing away and she um isn't it didn't come from a typical kind of strength background or wanting these performance fitness goals. She didn't think of them that way. So just saying and she's been been training with me for you know, almost two years now. So mm -hmm. that's a huge compliment to just say yeah you didn't give up on me and like of course i did yeah i'm gonna gonna keep it real with you but i'm i'm here to support you and just say okay well you didn't make your session today what else can you do can you do five minutes of some mobility body weight training or something mm -hmm. like that to just kind of stay in the game and realize it's not all or nothing but there is a certain amount of that um behavior a certain amount of that action that's going to get to that Cool. Yeah. We can always pick it up. We can always well, that's the thing, blow it out. You know, we can you, pick you're it right you're back passionate up too. about people wavering from that. And I think that's important mm -hmm. too. And I, I mean, it's something I have to do in my practice as well. Like people will say, oh, I'm, you know, I was going to come in and see you, but I wanted to get, you know, my diet back in order beforehand. <laughs> I'm like, no, come now. Or, or people will call me to cancel because they're sick. Yeah. Like, no, this is exactly <laughs> when you need to come in. Like I, you know, can help you get better. That's yeah. the whole point. And um, so I think that's, you know, you're very compassionate about that and understanding of people's lives, but you also are able to kind of keep them in, you know, on, on route in, in on the course yeah. of where their goals are and also just adapt with those goals. I mean, I've had a couple of injuries, um, self-inflicted and karate inflicted or whatever, <laughs> just life. And you've been able to kind of okay, let's step off of this path that we were on and let's, you know, do this little tangent to get you back to where you need to be. And 
Uh, and that's awesome because that malleability, I think, is really important. And I mean, it's life, right? We have all these different things that happen mm-hmm. that are unknown and we need to be able to adapt and, and you know, reassess and move forward again. So uh, I, I think you do that pretty gracefully. Thank you. Yeah, that's sure. a great, great topic, too. And I guess that's just one of those things I have to think, have to realize and think about, too, that, OK, this this is this this my you know, way of thinking mm-hmm. that just, just comes out there too, just to say like you, like you, for example, too, those, those injuries, whether they, you know, of course I first don't want them to happen in the gym, which thankfully very, very rare that anything like that happens in our facility. We were big on that, that they were yes, supporting those sure. goals and those lifestyle things, but, uh, to, you know, make sure that we're feeding that we're supporting that mm-hmm. again, it's like, okay, we're, you're injured. Um, like I like to use Jocko Willink, uh-huh. if you know who he is. Yep. Um, you know, he was a Navy SEAL yeah. commander and I was never in the military, but some of that military gritty mindset is just so appealing. I'm sure I was in the military or something in another <laughs> lifetime. Like, life, yeah. Oh, this is so, <laughs> so good. But there's also, you know, a way to make it more approachable for us in, in the modern world too. We're not all in that, um, that world, but uh, to find another way. Like he says, good. You know, I, I use mm-hmm. that too. It's like, I, you know, I didn't get that goal or I got injured. Well, you know, his first thing is turn around, make that positive, sure. say, say good. Well, why is it good? I get to work on my nutrition more, mm-hmm. I get to spend more time honing that in or my shoulders injured. Good. I get to work on my leg. I can train mm-hmm. my legs more. I can work on work around that. Yeah. That's really powerful and empowering in our well there's gifts in the setbacks for sure and like Mm -hmm. uh you know just like building muscle requires stressors Mm -hmm. the same thing with resilience in our lives exactly yeah i think that's that's a very important piece to her that a good good coach good trainer just back to my world in the gym or Mm -hmm. for you too it's, it's not it's not this absolute either there's always something you could do that day within reason of course if you're totally bedridden with you know, high fever or something like sure. that versus like, oh, I got a, a sniffle or uh, I'm tired today. I mm-hmm. get that one. Oh, I didn't sleep well. Things like that. And that's, it's a fine balance. It's, yeah. it's peeling back, you know, having that little sandwich um, conversation too, being being mindful and caring saying, oh, could we get you in at a different time? Could we do mm-hmm. this? What could we do? And, um, you know, sharing my story too. Like I'm plenty of nights of or sleep or other things going on and um, find a way to train. And I rarely, you know, how many people recommend, how many people say, oh, that was a horrible idea. I, I did all these extra training sessions a year later or a month later even and say, oh, that, I, you know, once they got to that goal, yeah, no one says, oh, I, I regret I all those training. Yeah, I wish <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have had to done that or yeah. for you and your martial arts training too. Uh, I'm sure you don't regret any of that or all that, no. that discipline, that healthy stuff. Right. Um, or work. even the injuries, honestly, yeah, you know, they've, me too. they've me too. taught me be, a lot. Wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't be mm-hmm. um, able to relate yeah. that way too. Yeah, exactly. Through personal, personal experience and, <laughs> yeah, and a little pain and misery too. Right. It's all part <laughs> of it. Um, so I'd love to hear kind of how you balance, you know, you, you own a gym, mm-hmm. uh, a, a wonderful facility and mm-hmm. you coach. You're one of the, you know, you're pretty much one of the main guys there obviously um and but you also i mean one of the things i've kind of seen is that you stay really on top of 
you know, research and the cutting edge um, training, uh, you know, patterns for people. And you, you also go to these events and learn more and, and meet with mentors, et cetera. And, and then you also have a life. <laughs> so yeah. um, I'm just curious how, you know, you find the balance with all of that and, uh, and what that looks like. Sure. Absolutely. Um, it's always been you trying to pattern and learn from others in the industry. I, I, a lot of continuing education as in like how other gym would like first thing I did before starting my gym, I went and talked to just about everybody. I could have interviewed probably 15 people got mm-hmm. on the phone with anybody that would talk to me, that kind of thing to say, what, what does this look like? What's working for you? What's not, um, they call it the Bruce Lee effect to take, <laughs> yeah. take what's useful, dismiss uh, yeah. what is not sure. add what's uniquely your own. But I like to start off of a, a system of course, of what works you know, before you break the rules is figure out what the rules are and what, mm-hmm. what's going to work for you. So always recommend that. Uh, and just having, as soon as I could, or, you know, I found a way to outsource some of the things that I wasn't good at, didn't want to learn from hiring someone to do some of my web uh, set up things like that, some mm-hmm. of those more technical pieces, and then hiring staff. Basically, as soon as I could, or I just had the right people come into into play at least, where I wasn't doing it all on my own. I wasn't trying to just blow out all the seams and work uh, 60, 70 hours. Like a at least. Man, yeah. yeah. And and try to train and, and balance out life. So, I had an, enough of a, a way to just rationalize, just to say, sort of innate piece, I guess, too, to say. Not going to give up my own health. Yeah. And that, it's just planning. It's just it's staying good. disciplined on that, staying with my meal prep and realizing it doesn't have to be perfect, but it has to be good enough and, and cutting back my training in some, some ways. Sometimes, it, like right now, it's basically three days a week. It went mm-hmm. from training 20 hours a week to training three hours a week. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, craving, okay a little, yeah, I'm <laughs> craving a little bit more. Like you asked me the other day, like, are you, miss, are you missing your training, your season? And I'm like, um, not really. I didn't, it, it just hadn't, hadn't thought of it that way. Uh-huh. It's just the next, I can compartmentalize and go into that next phase. Yeah. So, and knowing that this, you know, it's kind of like this, this is a temporary thing. Yeah. And, this two shall pass. Yeah. This is a, a season and right now more than ever. I can take this season. This is my, my business building, my, mm-hmm. uh, marketing, things like that. This is our prime time in our, in our facility and knowing that that's going to pay off that whatever, delayed gratification and things like sure. that. But I know I'm not, and I have those set points too. If I, you know, miss more than one training session a week, mm-hmm. I I would really relook at that. If I, you know, gain more than whatever, hit that 225 mark or uh-huh. something again, we better yeah, like, prioritize <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. But just having a met, having a mentor there, having a coach, um, I know that's not always, doesn't always seem approachable for people to, uh, you know, pay someone hundreds of dollars a month mm-hmm. to do that. Um, and I found creative ways to do that from, yeah. you know, doing trade to just uh, at least reading books. I've always got, you know, my audible in my ear now too. Mm-hmm. I realize I don't at least, uh, for hours a day, I want to sit there or I don't, I don't take that time to mm-hmm. sit and read, read books, but I'll put, uh, you know, podcasts or I'll something put something in, ears, in my ear, yeah. pe- good people in my ear, like the sum of the five people, um, just, excited for that next level of, of honing those things, um, and those things in and just keeping it realistic, being, being mm-hmm. aware of things and just, I just can be way too hard on myself too. Sure, I, can, right. I can just beat myself down realizing what my self talk is really changing. Just how that thought process is mm-hmm. doing some daily, 
uh, I highly recommend, and I did not do this very well for many, many years. This is part of my discipline is taking that time first thing in the morning to do some movement, some journaling, some meditation, something, whatever can look like a lot of different things from my mm-hmm. breath work stuff I've done with the, uh, the Wim Hof mm-hmm. method. And it can be whatever you want it to be. It can be yeah. yoga. It can be whatever it's, it can get kind of showy or dogmatic of course too. And, do some nice cold exposure in the morning yes. to wake things up. But right. again, it doesn't and have, don't, yeah, don't force yourself. And I do get out there and move and things yeah. like that. So highly recommend that just to help. Yeah. Um, I think those prime, do. I call it the movement primer. You know, Tony Robbins has his, his version of that too. It just seems like I, this is a thread that I saw in all successful people too. Mm-hmm. You know, even the if it is getting rituals. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's even worth sacrificing to a point, sacrificing mm-hmm. 20 minutes of sleep to Absolutely. go do that. Get yeah. your butt out of bed and do this yeah start your day and really important too but so we talk about her in some of pavel's old books he was a little a little more harder edge because he comes from this russian military yeah. spots in the trainer to say you know, make make time to train at mm-hmm. some point it's worth getting say you're getting seven hours of sleep well take an extra half hour off your sleep it sounds kind of crazy but there's a point where our body needs to move and and probably train with some kind of resistance too. yeah of course if we can look at other ways to do it better but uh, at least for a phase of life to to dig in a little a little deeper and keep keep some of that as part of the you know life well it gives balance, us the wheel exactly and i think that when we guard uh those priorities in our lives um the better we are because um we're going to always make sure they happen you mm-hmm. know pretty consistently and we're going to be able to you know do the recovery piece that we need and get the sleep that we need that's restful and also you know um, breathe and, mm-hmm. and release stress in different ways and all of that too. Um, because I think, you know, especially in your industry, I'm sure a lot of people tend toward the extreme of just training all the time and burning out. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're no good to the rest of us if you're totally spent. I mean, none of us are. And I think there's a funny little shift in our culture finally where uh, it's not looking so selfish to do self-care. And I think that for a long time, I I would say, you know, I'll argue that for women, especially that, you know, we've, we've been kind of required to wear many hats um, and be the super mom and just, or super woman, whatever it is uh, in our lives and just, you know, suck it up and do it. And, and I think a lot of men have felt probably similar in some fashion too. Like I'm going to bring home the money and I'm going to, you know, be, you know, fit and take care of myself. Um, And now you know, we're finding that that's that really self-care is the real ticket to life, I think, mm-hmm. and that it shouldn't be looked upon as selfish if, you know, somebody goes and has a soak in the afternoon and, mm-hmm. you know, in between meetings or whatever it is, or has, you know, an awesome beer, speaking of, right? <laughs> you're exactly. kind of the aficionado of Central Oregon, which is a awesome. perfect place uh, for it. And, yeah, awesome topic, absolutely, more mm-hmm. than ever. And you're totally dead on with, with women. Uh, I have worked with a lot of ladies over the years in our you know, hospital wellness programs mm-hmm. and that. So I think I do, uh, I don't have it all figured out. I don't have, <laughs> you know, all that. So I, and I can't truly relate to that like, like you can. I can't resonate quite the same way. But uh, I have noticed that I've always, you know, whatever recommended, given, given that little uh, glimpse at least to say, you know, and, and inspire that way with mm-hmm. your being able to play with your kids, being there for your grandkids. That's right. Um, not having 
just having energy to do, yeah, do those things to say yeah not be limited you, to get on the floor and play yeah you can't afford not to do that is sure. what i've said from a could be a financial perspective too but just for your body perspective that right. time and it may not be uh 20 hours a week but hopefully it's two or three i think mm -hmm. the easy you know look at the research and that really high roi what's that return on investment this mm -hmm. is your your um retirement plan for your body right it can be be had a lot simpler, especially with a good coaching, good, yeah, good, sure. good focus on our work, not just, well, I'm going to do some running this week and then I'm going to go do yoga next week. They're all fine and good, but the right mm -hmm. dose for the right person, you know, at the right time kind of thing too. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. And I think that, um, you know, longevity is definitely rooted in some sort of balance in life and just, uh, and also, like, I, I don't think I'm going to look back on life and be like, shoot, I really wish I had worked more and, like, you know, oh, yeah. made more money or mm -hmm. uh, owned a fancy car or whatever. Like, I'm going to look back and, you know, hopefully just be very satisfied in the relationships I've had and in the um, accomplishments, whatever those look like to me that are important and um, savoring every day because, you know, that's fleeting and we never know mm -hmm. when things are going to peter out for us so exactly um so beer <laughs> sure <laughs> i kind of like that idea I more mean, beer yeah well again like back to that balance point um you know as a naturopath people will assume that i'm anti everything that might harm us and yeah of course we have to kind of limit certain things but you know i love a good bourbon and i like some coffee and yep. i think that my patients kind of resonate with that because i give them a little bit of forgiveness on being human right mm -hmm. and just enjoying life and balancing things out yeah certain people maybe shouldn't drink right that's fine and i honor that too uh but how you know i i think you kind of exemplify that as well you know just I know that you know you like to get after life, but then also enjoy sitting with somebody and having a nice beer or whatever. So, um, yeah, I'll let you run with that one for a bit. <laughs> sure, that's a great topic. Yeah, and it it is it is not just the. I mean, I actually truly like and I home brewed my own beer, so it's like a process of truly enjoying. Like that's my whatever elitist, uh, um, you know, kind of. Um, Beer snob. Beer moment. snob. Yeah, I guess that's the word <laughs> I'm looking for or the phrase, but <laughs> sort of. But I also can just appreciate, you know, something that just the process, the process, yeah. And being, like you said, being there with people. Ideally, mm -hmm. for me, it's like you know, playing and being out um, in the sun or something. Uh -huh. Like going to one of the breweries and playing cornhole or something like sure. that too. That's like my ultimate so fun, fun yeah. thing too. And I just, I guess, my other thing, I, I just have a really good natural sense or something with mo with a moderation too mm -hmm. or having when i have a highland games goal i'm not going to be knocking them back kind of thing too mm -hmm. it's going to be just savoring and enjoying what i have right and, and ratcheting down and, yeah. yeah and i don't that's just my what i choose to have i don't eat ice cream mm -hmm. i don't have sweets i don't have other things it's mm -hmm. like oh you know i had a drink and then uh, even last night I went to a, a group um meeting for a youth group that i'm part of but uh that my joke was like, I, I did have one, you know, one drink mm -hmm. and then they pass around the brownies and food and like, Oh, my dessert's another, another good yeah, IPA. Absolutely. And, and that's, you know, that's it. That's a, that's a good night for me kind of thing mm -hmm. too. Um, so it is, it's kind of boring to talk about that moderation, but, uh, finding, you know, finding your level of enjoyment, mm -hmm. your, your factor there too. And, you know, appreciating it too. Um, there's just so many good 
breweries I joke around that I moved to Bend to, to go explore all Taste the breweries. All, do, right? Yeah, I thought thought maybe you'd be a brewer, have a I have this, you know, idea beer like a, a beer and barbell, like a gym next awesome. to a brewery. Of I course they it. don't quite go uh, hand in hand at the same time. Hey, we've done uh, kettlebells and Yeah, exactly. And... <laughs> we've done afterwards. We've strong <laughs> emphasis on we can get a great workout. And there's some funny research on beer even being restorative, uh-huh. very moderation light light right. type of beer. Uh, right after an event, but uh, I still recommend putting some other good stuff in the tank. For too, sure. Just going straight <laughs> from this hard, knocking back this hard workout to knocking back a, a few good brews. I'd, I'd be um, be careful with that. But I um, mean, it, it, it's the Highland Games way too. It it definitely is after Highland Games to have a drink or two, and mm-hmm. um, and that's and kind of celebrate what yeah. you did. Like that's that's community. Yeah, back to just for a second too. To to the community part is what keeps. You go, one of my um, mentors, who I've always followed, um, Dan John is his name, and he's a very, he's someone worth following, listening to, reading his, his books too, very motivational and inspirational that way too, mm. but he talks about that, especially for a master's athlete, to go out, spend long hours, or spend some time afterwards, don't just go to the event, walk away, mm-hmm. talk to those people, and ideally connect outside of the, the time, whatever sport, whatever activity you do, right. just bug people and tell the, the good people that can tell you're, you're passionate and mm-hmm. want to give back and learn, will want to help you, will want to support you, yeah. as long as you're respectful with that, That's <laughs> I'm sure right. you find that in martial arts too, oh, for so sure, for sure, constantly yeah. looking to other people and not being afraid to ask questions mm-hmm. or bug your sensei a little bit for a few Absolutely. more pieces oh, we, we like that stop <laughs> and we also say hey the, you know where that where that edge is like we're well, getting a little bit too far down that obsessive road yeah exactly anyways <laughs> bring people back to reality a little yeah. bit and yeah. yeah no i think that's great but to have something i guess ultimate thing with back to beer again too mm-hmm. is having something there's there has to be uh something that just whatever sets you free it gives so you lets your mind yeah. give you give you that um whatever permission or mm-hmm. uh, sense of that you can give in to, mm-hmm. to re- reset that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. I appreciate that uh, balance. Cause I just think that, you know, it's easy to get real rigid in life and, mm-hmm. and then we're not growing. We're not resilient. We're not living fully. And uh, you know, I think we, we need to honor that part of ourselves, our human nature. Right. And like you said, the tribal kind of community piece is really important and, you know, sitting down and, you know, shooting the day with somebody after doing an event like that. I mean, one of my favorite things after a rank test is like debriefing after yeah. I've taken four Epsom salt baths or whatever, yeah. you know, two days later talking to the people that were either in it with me or that were mm-hmm. witnessing it, you know, and just being like, Oh yeah, I remember when like sensei did this or, you know, when I screwed up that kata the fifth time in a row and had to do it again. And just, it just validates what your process is and, um, bring some connection. And I think that's really what we're here for in this lifetime mm-hmm. <laughs> is connecting and uh, yeah. learning and growing. So no um, doubt. secret of life right here. We just figured <laughs> yeah. it out. Yeah, it's exactly. Amazing. <laughs> and for you too. And you're not there to be showy and just, you know, do it for the, the, the glory and the trophies or whatever. That's too, right. But knowing that you impacted somebody else mm-hmm. and that, that, that serves a greater purpose. It's, for it's sure fun to see now too knowing that hey i've been following you or you know that that person that's just hey i i saw you do it and you seem like a relatively normal guy i yeah. want to do that too to that be inspirational re- relatable too i'm not mm-hmm. some 400 pound hulk or something too um i'm more 
mild mannered kind of. I think think of myself more that that Clark Kent than the Superman I want yeah, to be. Just no, that I think, I mean, more subtle, you know, mm-hmm. seeing me normal normal clothes or something too to not be like, oh, he's just some buff gym dude to mm-hmm. be just. And that's that's a strong first way, and just really resonated with me too. That um, just just being matter of fact, simple, real, to be real, true to yourself. Yeah. You don't have to be be showy that way too. So yeah, and the humility piece is really good. And I mm-hmm. think, I mean, I, my yoga teacher uh, talked about this when I first did training with him because I was feeling kind of overwhelmed with like, how do I connect with community? How do I get my word out there? Like, I'm not independently wealthy, so I can't just travel to Africa and teach people about naturopathic medicine, although they probably have a lot of their own instilled in their cultures. But, you know, I, he said, you know, it's, it's your local community. I mean, you're the pebble in the pond. So if you affect one person, that's good. And hopefully that person takes that inspiration or whatever they've learned from you and it affects their family, perhaps, or another friend of theirs. And that ripple effect that we Mm. all have on each other um, and with our, you know, and just honoring our own gifts um, to share with the world. You know, I think that's really important. And I think you individuals, I mean, I say this to my patients, too, like we have to be um, healthy and vibrant so that we can share our gifts. That's kind of our duty, I think. And I mean, it's a harsh word, sort of, but mm-hmm. I think it's really important for us to um, stay true to ourselves and our gifts and like recognize them and not be embarrassed or scared by them mm-hmm. uh, so that we can share them with other people and, and help other people's lives in that way. What doesn't matter if you're a trainer or, you know, a doctor or um, a teacher, any anybody, any profession, any kind of, uh, you know creative force that that drives us to be on this planet and do good things so yeah exactly yeah just always always doing your best to where mm-hmm. i ask uh, our members to did you know how did you get better today or did you get better today mm-hmm. and it's not asking necessarily for a physical oh, i lifted this extra weight or did this yeah. and that. how did you, you know, what did you do to move that needle or just do something that that was a maybe a little bit scary or a little bit outside that comfort zone or right you know, showed up when you wouldn't have normally shown up. And mm-hmm. that's what you're, what you're getting at too, in different, different capacities too, to, to always be, be learning and willing to do something. But if we're not, if we're completely spun out on everything, which I see that a lot too, that's really true. successful people in, in some aspects or, um, you know, great parent, great, whatever, mm. uh, to, to not be at least kind of chipping away at some of those other areas of getting, again, getting better. I don't care if someone, is setting world records. <laughs> they, yeah. don't have to be, they don't need to come to my gym for that, but they do need to be willing to get better, be humble enough. And maybe it's just learning. Maybe they're physically, I talk about that too, not being physically a hundred percent or able to give it a level 10, but try to level up that, you know, mental capacity mm-hmm. or do something that you haven't done to, to ultimately learn from that. Yeah. Get something better. new, <laughs> something different. Yeah. Keep the passion alive. Yeah. I think yeah. that's great. Definitely. Um, so, I think we should move into closing a little bit, but I'd love to uh, let you, you know, tell people how they can find you and uh, what kinds of, I know you have a lot of content kind of out there, um, which I appreciate about you, just that YouTube kind of accessibility, you mm-hmm. know, so that you can reach more people. Um, but, you know, if you could fill fill the listeners in on, on those ways to reach you. Absolutely. Yeah. That means a lot too, to be able to, impact i guess more globally now mm-hmm. too i didn't yes. commit it with that it's just, kind of exciting yeah i it? love 
the more intimate one-on-one kind of interaction or knowing affected people, but realize like, Hey, I actually like this, you know, groups of other co- kind of training the trainers or just making, you know, being on podcasts, mm-hmm. doing things like yeah. this. It's great. Yeah, so right? just have a little resonance and just uh, put myself out there do something that's a little, a little scarier, a little more out of my comfort zone too. So, uh, I do have a easily accessible website, just empoweredstrength.com. And you can go in directly there and find any of our, we have quite a bit of social media content, mm-hmm. my kind of team around me now too, putting out educational content, just something that's a little silly and fun. I know, I love the self, fun, fun yeah, aspects. I'll mm-hmm. make fun of myself or I'll talk about my, you know, challenges too on my social media. My Instagram is just Odin Throwin. You can find me there or John Odin, just my name, uh, on Facebook. I always like to connect with, with people. I've had a lot of positive, <laughs> that's another topic too, but a lot of positive interactions, um, the way, at least the way I've done things with social media. And then on YouTube, you can find our YouTube just from our Empowered Strength uh, channel. Mm-hmm. We do have a newsletter. Um, just always trying to put out relevant content and also just asking people if people want to um, you know, find me, email me too. And just say, hey, I want to learn more about this. It's an mm-hmm. interesting topic. I try to, more than ever, just uh, go off of what people want to know and learn about. And just kind of helps direct me with um, from kettlebell training to Highland Games to just, um, I love doing this, just life deeper. Talking about life. Stuff, talking yeah, about life and, and making an impact on other areas. So really yeah, a lot of fun. Well, and you're a rather accessible person, which I think is great because, you know, some people might feel intimidated by reaching out. And I think you're pretty open to, to those things. And, um, yeah, your social media is super fun. I'm always inspired by it because I, I like to be a little goofy in mind too. And yeah, just kind of keep it real and yep. lighthearted. And I always joke that I like to inspire and annoy people at the same time, yeah. my, you know, right. and maybe it's silly and goofy, but it keeps it fun and lighthearted and shows yeah. that we're just human beings and, you know, authentic to you. Ultimately, I just started in with that too. Is that something that is authentic to me, just mm-hmm. something on my mind that I'm genuinely sharing and yeah. don't have a huge ulterior motive to try to, um, you know, sell something or right. just do something that's, that's overly showy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, same thing for you yeah, too. It's, it's just fun. Something, fun. yeah, something interesting mm-hmm. for sure. Good. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time and your um, expertise and it's exciting to look at the you know trajectory ahead of you with your gym and with your continued training and competing and um, I'm honored to be uh, under your wing as well. So oh, thank you. Likewise. Thank Same you. Goes both ways. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, have an awesome day and thank you to my listeners. Make sure you subscribe and I'll look forward to talking with you in a, in a few weeks. Excellent. Thanks for having me. Thank you.